0: Why Those Who Care About Catastrophic and Existential Risk Should Care About Autonomous Weapons by Augweir. Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text to speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is Why Those Who Care About Catastrophic and Existential Risk Should Care About Autonomous Weapons, published by Augweir on the Effective Altruism Forum. Crossposted to less wrong here. Although I have not seen the argument made in any detail or in writing, I am the Future of Life Institute, FLI. Have gathered the strong impression that parts of the effective altruism ecosystem are skeptical of the importance of the issue of autonomous weapons systems. This post explains why we think those interested in avoiding catastrophic and existential risk, especially risk stemming from emerging technologies, may want to have this issue higher on their list of concerns. We will first define some terminology and do some disambiguation, as there are many classes of autonomous weapons that are often conflated, all classes have some issues of concern, but some are much more problematic than others. We then detail three basic motivations for research, advocacy, coordination, and policymaking around the issue. Governance of autonomous weapon systems is a dry run and precedent for governance of AGI. In the short term, AI enabled weapon systems will share many of the technical weaknesses and shortcomings of other AI systems, but like general AI, also raise safety concerns that are likely to increase rather than decrease with capability advances. The stakes are intrinsically high, literally life or death and the context is an inevitably adversarial one involving states and major corporations. The sort of global coordination amongst potentially adversarial parties that will be required for governance of transformative general AI systems will not arise from nowhere, and autonomous weapons offer an invaluable precedent and arena in which to build experience, capability, and best practices. Some classes of lethal autonomous weapon systems constitute scalable weapons of mass destruction which may also have a much lower threshold for first use or accidental escalation, and hence a nascent catastrophic risk. By increasing the probability of the initiation and or escalation of armed conflict, including catastrophic global armed conflict and or nuclear war, autonomous weapons represent a very high expected cost that overwhelmingly offsets any gain in life from substituting autonomous weapons for humans in armed conflict. Classes of Autonomous Weapons Because many things with very different characteristics could fall under the rubric of autonomous weapon systems, OSs, it is worth distinguishing and classifying them. First, let us split off cyber weapons, including AI-powered ones, as being an important but distinct issue. Likewise, we'll set aside AI and other aspects of the military not directly related to the use of force, from strategy to target identification, where it serves to augment human action and decision-making. Rather, we focus on systems that have both, some form of, AI and physical armaments. We now consider in turn these armaments target types, which we will break into categories of anti-personnel weapons, force-on-force, i.e. attacking manned enemy vehicles or structures, weaponry, and those targeting other autonomous weapon systems. Anti-personnel OSs can be further divided into lethal, or grossly injurious, ones versus non-lethal ones. While an interesting topic, one, we leave aside here non-lethal anti-personnel autonomous weapon systems, which have a somewhat distinct set of considerations too. We regard force-on-force systems designed to attack manned military vehicles and installations as relatively less intrinsically concerning. The targets of such weapons will, with considerably higher probability, be valid military targets rather than civilian ones, and insofar as they scale to mass damage, that damage will be to an adversary's military. Of course if these weapons are highly effective, the manned targets they are designed to attack may quickly be replaced with unmanned ones 3. This brings us to force-on-force systems that attack other autonomous weapons, anti oss These exist now, for example in the form of automated anti-missile systems, and are likely to grow more prevalent and sophisticated. These raise a nuanced set of considerations, as we'll see. Some types are quite uncontroversial, no one has to our knowledge advocated for prohibiting, say, automated defenses on ships. On the other hand, Very effective anti-ballistic missile systems could undermine the current nuclear equilibrium based on mutual assured destruction. And while the prospect of robots fighting robots rather than humans fighting humans is beguiling from the standpoint of avoiding the horrors of war, we'll argue below that it is very unlikely for this to be a net positive. This leads to a fairly complex set of considerations. FLI and other organizations have advocated for a prohibition against kinetic lethal anti-personnel weapons, with various degrees of distinction between antipersonnel and force-on-force lethal autonomous weapons, and various levels of concern and proposed regulation concerning some classes of force-on-force autonomous weapons. Motivations for this advocacy vary, but we start with one that is of particular importance to FLI and to the EA long-termist community. Lethal autonomous weapon systems are an early test for AGI safety, Arms race avoidance, value alignment, and governance. There are a surprising number of parallels between the issue of autonomous weapons and some of the most challenging parts of the AGI safety issue. These parallels include: in both cases, a race condition is both natural and dangerous. Military involvement is possible in AGI and inevitable for OSs. Involvement by national governments is likely in AGI and inevitable for OSs. Secrecy and information hazards are likely in both. Major ethical responsibility concerns exist for both, perhaps more explicitly in all S's. In both cases, unpredictability and loss of control are key issues. In both cases, early versions are potentially dangerous because of their incompetence, later versions are dangerous because of their competence. The danger of arms races has long been recognized as a potentially existential threat in terms of AGI, if companies or countries worry that being second to realize a technology could be catastrophic for their corporate or national interest then safety, and essentially all other, considerations will tend to fall to the wayside. When applied to autonomous weapons, arms race is literal rather than metaphorical but similar considerations apply. The general problem with arms races is that they are very easy to lose, but very difficult to win, you lose if you fail to compete, but you also lose if the competition leads to a situation dramatically increasing the risk to both parties, or to huge adverse side effects, and this appears likely to be the case in autonomous weapons and AGI, just as it was in Nuclear Weapons 4. Unfortunately, the current international and national security context includes multiple parties fomenting a great powers rivalry between the US and China that is feeding an arms race narrative in AI in general, including in the military and potentially extending to AGI. Managing to avoid an arms race in autonomous weapons, via multi-stakeholder international agreement and other means, would set a very powerful precedent for avoiding one more generally. Fortunately, there is reason to believe that this arms race is avoidable. 5. The vast majority of AI researchers and developers are strongly against an arms race in OSs. 6. And OSs enjoy very little popular support. 7. Thus prohibition or strong governance of lethal autonomous weapons is a test instance in which the overwhelming majority of AI researchers and developers agree. This presents an opportunity to draw at least some line in a globally coordinated way, between what is and is not acceptable in delegating decisions, actions, and responsibility to AI. And doing so would set a precedent for avoiding a race by recognizing that even each participant's interests are better served by at least some coordination and cooperation. Good governance of all S's will take exactly the sort of multilateral cooperation, including getting militaries on board, that is likely to be necessary with an overall AI-AGI, figurative, arms race. The Methods, institutions, and ideas necessary to govern AGI in a beneficial and stable multilateral system is very unlikely to arise quickly or from nowhere. It might arise steadily from growth of current AI governance institutions such as the OECD, international standards bodies, regulatory frameworks such as that developing in the EU, etc. But these institutions tend to explicitly and deliberately exclude discussion of military issues so as to make reaching agreements easier. But this then avoids precisely the sorts of issues of national interest and military and geopolitical power that would be at the forefront of the most disastrous type of AGI race. Seeking to govern deeply unpopular OSs, which also presently lack strong interest groups pushing for them, provides the easiest possible opportunity for a win in coordination amongst military powers. Beyond race versus cooperative dynamics, autonomous weapons and AGI present other important parallels at the level of technical AI safety and alignment and multi-agent dynamics lethal autonomous weapon systems are a special case of a more general problem in ai safety and ethics that the technical capability of being effective may be much simpler than what is necessary to be moral or ethical or legal indeed the gap between making an autonomous weapon that is effective successfully kills enemies and one that is moral in the sense of at minimum being able to act in accord with international law may be larger than in any other ai application the stakes are so high and the situation so complex that the problem may well be AGI complete A. In the short term, then, there are complex moral questions. In particular, who is responsible for the decisions made by an AI system when the moral responsibility cannot lie with the system? If an AI system is programmed to obey the law of war, but then fails, who is at fault? On the flip side, what happens if the AI system disagrees with a human commander directing an illegal act? Even a weapon that is very effective at obeying such rules is unlikely to be programmed to be able to disobey a direct order from its user. If such insubordination is possible it raises the risk of incorrigible and intransigent intelligent weapons systems, but if not, it removes an existing barrier to unconscionable military acts. While these concerns are not foremost from the perspective of overall expected utility. For these and other reasons we believe that delegating the decision to take a human life to machine systems is a deep moral error, and doing so in the military sets a terrible precedent. Things get even more complex when multiple cooperative and adversarial systems are involved. As argued below, the unpredictability and adaptability of all S's is an issue that will increase with better AI rather than decrease. And when many such agents interact, emergent effects are likely that are even less predictable in advance. This corresponds closely to the control problem in AI in general, and indicates a quite pernicious problem of AI systems leaving humans unable to predict what they will do, or effectively intervene if what they do runs counter to the wishes of human overseers. In advanced AI in general, one of the most dangerous dynamics is the unwarranted belief of AI developers, users, and funders that AI will, like most engineered technologies, by default do what we want it to do. It is important that those who would research, commission, or deploy autonomous weapons be fully cognizant of this issue, and we might hope that the cautious mindset this could engender could bleed into or be transplanted into safety considerations for powerful AI systems in and out of the military. Lethal autonomous weapons as WMDs. There is a very strong case to classify some anti-personnel OSs as weapons of mass destruction. We regard as the key defining characteristic of WMDs 9, that a single person's agency directed through the weapon can directly cause many fatalities with very little additional support structure, like an army to command. This is not possible with conventional weapon systems like guns, aircraft, and tanks, where the deaths cause scale roughly linearly with the number of people involved in causing those deaths. With this definition, some anti-personnel lethal ASs, such as microdrone munition carrying slaughterbots, would easily qualify. These weapons are essentially, microdrone plus bullet plus smartphone components, and with near-future technology and efficiency of scale, slaughterbots could plausibly be as inexpensive as $100 each to manufacture en masse. Even with a 50% success rate and doubling of the cost to account for delivery, this is $400 fatality. Nuclear weapons cost billions to develop, then tens to hundreds of millions per warhead. A nuclear strike against a major city is likely to have hundreds of thousands of fatalities, For example a 100 kiloton strike against downtown San Francisco would cause an estimated 200k fatalities and 400k injuries, 100,000 kills worth of slaughterbots, at a cost of 40 million dollars, would be just as cost effective to manufacture and deploy, and dramatically cheaper to develop. They are more bulky than a nuclear warhead but could plausibly still fit in a 40 shipping container, and unlike nuclear, chemical and biological weapons are safe to transport, hard to detect, and can easily be deployed remotely. This is possible with near-future Technology 10, it is not hard to imagine even more miniaturized weaponry, in a continuum that could reach all the way to nanotechnology. And unlike, to first approximation, for nuclear weapons, effectiveness and cost efficiency are likely to significantly increase with technological improvement 11, thus if even a fraction of the resources that have been put into nuclear weapons were put into anti-personnel lethal OSs, they could potentially become as large of a threat. Consider that it took less than 20 years from the 1945 Trinity test until the Cuban missile crisis that almost led to a global catastrophe, and that a determined but relatively minor program by a major military could likely develop a slaughterbot-type WMD within a handful of years. One crucial difference between AWs and other WMDs is that the former's ability to discriminate among potential targets is much better, and this capability should increase with time. A second is that autonomous WMD would, unlike other WMDs, leave the targeted territory relatively undamaged and quickly inhabitable. In certain ways these are major advantages, a, somewhat more, responsible actor could use this capability to target only military personnel insofar as they are distinguishable, or target only the leadership structure of some rogue organization, without harming civilians or other bystanders. Even if such distinctions are difficult, such weapons could relatively easily never target children, the wounded, etc. and a military victory would not necessarily be accompanied by the physical destruction of an adversary's infrastructure and economy. The unfortunate flip side of these differences, however, is that anti-personnel lethal OSs are much more likely to be used. In terms of bad actors, along with the advantages of being safe to transport and hard to detect, the ability to selectively attack particular types of people who have been identified as worthy of killing will help assuage the moral qualms that might otherwise discourage mass killing. Particular ethnic groups, languages, uniforms, clothing, or individual identities, culled from the internet and matched using facial recognition, could all provide a basis for targeting and rationalization. And scalable destruction of physical assets would make autonomous WMDs far more strategically effective for seizing territory. Autonomous WMDs would pose all of the same sorts of threats that other ones do, 12 from acts of terror to geopolitical destabilization to catastrophic conflict between major powers. Tens of billions of USD are spent by the US and other states to prevent terrorist actions using WMDs and to prevent the wrong states from acquiring them. And recall that a primary, claimed, reason for the Iraq war, at trillions of USD in total cost, was its, claimed, possession of WMDs. It thus seems foolish in the extreme to allow, let alone implicitly encourage, the development of a new class of WMDs that could proliferate much more easily than nuclear weapons. Lethal autonomous weapons as destabilizing elements in and out of war. On the list of most important things in the world, retaining global international peace and stability rates very highly, instability is a critical risk factor for global catastrophic or ex-risk. Even nuclear weapons, probably the greatest current catastrophic risk, are arguably stabilizing against large-scale war. In contrast, there are many compelling reasons to see autonomous weapons as a destabilizing effect, perhaps profoundly so 13. For a start, OSs like slaughterbots are ideal tools of assassination and terror, hence deeply politically destabilizing. The usual obstacles to one individual killing another, technical difficulty, fear of being caught, physical risk during execution, and innate moral aversion, are all lowered or eliminated using a programmable autonomous weapon. All else being equal, if lethal OSs proliferate, this will make both political assassinations and acts of terror inevitably more possible and dramatically so if the current rate is limited by any of the above obstacles. Our socio-political systems react very strongly to both types of violence, and the consequences are unpredictable but could be very large-scale. Tallying up the economic cost of the largest terror attacks to date, those on September 11th, surely reaches into trillions of dollar USD, with an accompanying social cost of surveillance, global conflict, and so on. Second, like drone warfare, lethal's OSs are likely to further, and more widely, lower the threshold of state violence toward other states. The U.S., for one, has shown little reluctance to strike targets of interest in certain other countries, and lethal OSs could diminish the reluctance even more by lowering the level of collateral damage 14. This type of action might spread to other countries that currently lack the U.S.'s technical ability to accomplish such strikes. Lethal, or non-lethal, OSs could also increase states' ability to perpetrate violence against its own citizens. Whether this increases or decreases stability of those states, seems, however, unclear. Third, OSs of all types threaten to upset the status quo of military power. The advantage of major military powers rests on decades of technological advantage coupled with vast levels of spending on training and equipment. A significant part of this investment and advantage would be nullified by a new class of weapon that evolves on software rather than hardware timescale. Moreover, even if the current capability ranking of military powers were preserved, for a weapon that strongly favors offense, as some have argued for anti-personnel awss there may be no plausible technical advantage that suffices 15- indeed this is a key reason that major military powers are so concerned about nuclear proliferation finally and probably most worrisome if there is an open arms race in awss of all types we see a dramatically increased risk of accidental triggering or escalation of armed conflict 16 a crucial desirable feature of awss from the military point of view is to be able to understand and predict 17 How they will operate in a given situation, under what conditions will they take action on what sorts of targets, and how? This is a very difficult technical problem because, given the variety of situations in which an AWS might be placed, it could easily fall outside the context of its training data. But it is a very crucial one, without such an understanding, fielding an AWS would raise a spectrum of potential unintended consequences. But now consider a situation in which OSs are designed to attack and defend against other OSs. In this case, predictability of how a given AWS will function turns from a desirable feature, for military decision-makers to understand how their weapon will function, into an exploitable liability 18, there will then be a very strong conflict between the desire to make an AWS predictable to its user, and the necessity of making it unpredictable and unexploitable to its adversary. This is likely to manifest as a parallel conflict between a simple set of clear and followable rules, making the AWS more predictable, versus a high degree of flexibility and improvisation, making the AWS more effective but less predictable. This competition would happen alongside a competition in the speed of the UTA, observe, orient, decide, act, loop. The net effect seems to inevitably point to a situation in which OSs react to each other in a way that is both unpredictable in advance, and too fast for humans to intervene. There seems little opportunity for such conflict between such weapons to de-escalate. Inadvertent military conflict is already a major problem when humans are involved who fully understand the stakes. It seems very dangerous to have a situation in which the ability to resist or forestall such escalation would be seen as a major and exploitable military disadvantage. Keeping the threshold for war high is very obviously very important but it is worth looking at the numbers. A large-scale nuclear war is unbelievably costly. It would most likely kill 17 bn in the first year and wipe out a large fraction of Earth's economic activity, i.e. of order one quadrillion USD or more, a decade worth of world GDP some current estimates of the likelihood of global power nuclear war over the next few decades range from 0.5 to 20 percent. So just a 10% increase in this probability, due to an increase in the probability of conflict that leads to nuclear war, costs in expectation 500k, 150 meters lives and dollar 0.110TN, not counting huge downstream life loss and economic losses. Insofar as saving the lives of soldiers is an argument in favor of deploying OSs, it seems exceedingly unlikely that substituting lethal OSs for soldiers will ever save this many lives or value. OSs are unlikely to save any lives in a global thermonuclear war, and it is hard to imagine a conventional war of large enough scale that OSs could substitute for this many humans, without the war escalating into a nuclear one. In other words, imagine a war with human combatants in which n are expected to die with probability p n of that or another related war escalating into a nuclear exchange costing m lives we suppose that we might replace these n human combatants with autonomous ones but at the cost of increasing the probability to p y dot the expected deaths are n p n m in the human combatant case and p y m. In the autonomous combatant case, with a difference in fatalities of. p. y. minus. p. n. m. minus. n. dot. Given how much larger. m. 1 to 7 b n, is then. n. Tens of thousands at most, it only takes a small difference. p. y. minus. p. n. For this to be a very poor exchange. What should be done? We've argued above that the issue of autonomous weapons is not simply concerns about soulless robots killing people or discomfort with the inevitable applications of AI to military purposes. Rather, particular properties of autonomous weapons seem likely to lead, in expectation, to a substantially more dangerous world. Moreover, actions to mitigate this danger may even help, via precedent and capability building, in mitigating others. The issue is also relatively tractable, at least for now, and in comparison to more intractable but important issues like nuclear accident risk or the problematic business model of certain big tech companies. Although involvement of militaries makes it difficult, there is as yet relatively little strong corporate interest in the issue 19, international negotiations exist and are underway, though struggling to make significant headway. It is also relatively neglected, with a small number of NGOs working at high activity, and relatively little public awareness of the issue. It is thus a good target for action by usual criteria. Arguments against being concerned with autonomous weapons appear to fall into three general classes, 20 The first is that autonomous weapons are a net good. The second is that autonomous weapons are an inevitability, and there's little or nothing to be done about it. The third is simply that this is somebody else's problem, and low impact relative to other issues to which effort and resources could be devoted, 21 We've argued above against all three positions, the expected utility of widespread autonomous weapons is likely to be highly negative, due to increased probability of large-scale war, if nothing else, the issue is addressable, with multiple examples of past successful arms control agreements, currently tractable if difficult, and success would also improve the probability of positive results in even more high-stakes arenas including global AGI governance. If the issue of autonomous weapons is important, tractable and neglected, it is worth asking what success would look like. Many of the above concerns could be substantially mitigated via an international agreement governing autonomous weapons, unfortunately they are unlikely to be significantly impacted by lesser measures. Arguments against such an agreement tend to focus on how hard or effective it would be, or conflate very distinct considerations or weapons classes but there are many possible provisions such an agreement could include that would be net good and that we believe many countries, including major military powers, might agree on. For example, some particular, well-defined, classes of weapons could be prohibited, as biological weapons, laser-blinding weapons, space-based nuclear weapons, etc., are currently. Weapons with high potential for abuse and relatively little real military advantage to major powers, like slaughterbots, should be first in line. Automated primarily defensive weaponry targeting missiles or other unmanned objects, or non-injurious OSs, very probably should not be prohibited in general. The gray area in the middle should be worked out in multilateral negotiation. For whatever is not prohibited, there could be agreements, supplemented by internal regulations, regarding proliferation, tracking, attribution, human control, etc., to OSs, for some example see this roadmapping exercise which emerged as a sketch of consensus recommendations from a meeting between technical experts with a very wide range of views on autonomous weapons. Highlighting the risks of autonomous weapons may also encourage militaries to invest substantially in effective defensive technologies, especially those that are non-AI and or that are purely defensive rather than force-on-force, against lethal autonomous weapons, including the prohibited varieties. This could lead to, an imperfect but far less problematic than our current trajectory, Scenario in which anti personnel OSs are generally prohibited, yet defended against, and other OSs are either prohibited or governed by a strong set of agreements aimed at maintaining a stable detente in terms of AI weapons. FLI has advanced the view, widely shared in the AI research community, that the world will be very ill served by an arms race and unfettered buildup in autonomous weaponry. Our confidence in this is quite high. We have further argued here that the stakes are significantly greater than many have appreciated. Which has motivated both FLI's advocacy in this area as well as this posting. Less clear is how much and what can be done about the dynamics driving us in that direction. We welcome feedback both regarding the arguments put forth in this piece, and more generally about what actions can be taken to best mitigate the long term risks that autonomous weapons may pose. I thank FLI staff and especially Jared Brown and Amelia Yavorsky for helpful feedback and notes on this piece. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more,